And we're talking about the light and glory of Jesus. My guest is Sister Maria Philomena. We're really talking about the Feast of the Purification of Our Lady and the Presentation of Our Lord. Um, and, Brother, that the, the fact that the Church took um, and um, concretized if you, the, the Feast for us is just another example of the faith being incarnational. Yeah, the sacramental economy and the incarnational economy of of the New Testament. It's uh, we, we're dealing with stuff here. We're dealing with flesh and blood, and we're dealing with things that are that are that are tangible, that are that are sensible. So, and and when you have children, for instance, who are brought up amid these lovely rituals, it gives them a, a, a deeper sense of the of these these supernatural realities in a way that somewhat transcends just human language, especially at their level of, of understanding. Um, so a church, you know, that's f- f- dark because of the, you can do a candle procession and it's f- full of smoke and incense and everything and you see the, the play of the light off the candles and the, and the, and the smoke of the incense, you, you kind of get uh, a, a wonderfully Catholic sensory overload that, uh, that, that assists you in devotion and in and in um, making tangible what is really entirely transcendent. Um, so I think we pretty much covered the major what's. Uh, we talked about the... Ter- yeah, we could always come back and yeah, talk I more mean, about the, the sorrows and the joys. Okay. Um, now, there's the where. Okay, so that's not too involved. That's the temple. Yes, and they were coming from Bethlehem, so... Checking Google Maps, that's 5.5 miles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they use Google Maps, but uh, yeah, okay. So that, that's a, that's that's a bit of a trip. That's a bit of a hike. It's a bit of a hike. Um, I guess you but, could throw how in there and assume that they went on a donkey, or at least Our Lady did. Um, but when we're talking about the, the, this particular destination, not, not the city, which is Jerusalem, but the building, which is the temple, we're not talking about the actual temple of Solomon, which had been destroyed when the Jews were brought into captivity. We're talking about what was built after the Babylonian captivity with the return of the exiles. Zerubbabel. At, at, with Zerubbabel and uh, as just the, the prophet. Uh, and they built the new temple. Now... And then Herod enlarged it, right? Herod Herod ended up enlarging it and embellishing it, and he put all the gold in it and, and made it made it look much nicer. But it's 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 in, there's some Old Testament prophecies about the temple that are significant in this connection mm. with this particular feast. First of all, um, there is the prophecy from uh, Malach, uh, Malachi which um, is that, I think it's, I, I'm just going to do it by memory, it's Malachi's, I think, chapter 3, verse 1, and it says that the, the, the Lord will rise up and enter into his temple. There was a prophecy that the Lord would come into his temple, and that prophecy is being fulfilled here in this mystery. But also, the prophet um, Ajaeus, who... Uh, is is called by our our our, our separated brethren uh, Haggai. That's a much more common name under which he's known. I just had to lean. Sorry, I got away from the mic. Uh, uh, the prophet Ajaeus gives us this prophecy. I'm sorry. L- let me let me give let me back up and give the um, the prophecy of M- Malachius um, again, if I can find it. I have it actually on this 
this year piece of paper. Okay, so, and presently the Lord whom you seek, and the angel of the testament, that's what he's called, whom you desire, shall come into his temple. Now there's also one Esdras, or Ezra, uh, chapter 3, which says this. Um, okay, so let me skip ahead. Um Actually, okay, so this is significant. Now, um, Haggai, or Ajeus, prophesies that the second temple will be greater than the first. Mm-hmm. And again, we're talking about the second temple here. So Ajeus says this, Yet one little while, and I will move the heaven and the earth, and the sea and the dry land, and I will move all nations, and the desired of all the nations shall come. Great shall be the glory of this last house, he's talking about the second temple, of this last house, more than that of the first. Okay, so that's, Which was not as elegant, so they were... So that's Ajeus chapter 2, uh, verses 7, 8, and then 10. But when you look at the prophecy of Esdras, um, there's a, there's a, uh, it's Esdras, I shouldn't read the whole thing because it's a bit lengthy, but if you go to 1 Esdras or Ezra 3, chapter 3, starting around verse 8 and up to about verse 13, um, th- what, what happens, actually I'll read verse 13, but what happens is, you, you you have the old people who were born before the exile and who who saw the temple. Right, the exile was 70 years, yeah. so these would had to be... <laughs> really old people. There were really old people who were there. Some of them were priests, some of them were, were, were laymen. And they came back from the uh, from the exile, and they saw the the foundations were put in. It was it wasn't yet dedicated, but they had this sort of pre dedication rite. I don't know what the right name for it would be, but um, it says in Ezra one Ezra three. Let's see. I'm going to back up into verse twelve. When they had the foundation of this temple before their eyes, the the talking about these old people, they wept with a loud voice. And many, shouting for joy, lifted up their voice, so that no one could distinguish the voice of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. For the one with another, the people shouted with a loud shout, and the voice was heard afar off. So Sorrow and joy. (laughs) The old ones were weeping, the young ones were cheering for joy at the glorious new temple, but the old ones had seen the other temple in its full glory. Yet, So you take that and you put it with the prophecy of Ajaeus, saying that the second temple is going to be better. Well, what's the what, what what's the answer? Now, some people I saw some guy made make make a remark that the second temple was our Lord Himself, who called Himself a temple. Well, that's nice. That kind of makes sense. But the Jews actually thought it talked about the temple, and most Catholic commentators say it's talking about the temple. But this is the temple that God is going to go to in the flesh. So our Lord Jesus Christ Himself goes into that temple. Um, and now it holds not just the scrolls or not just what was no longer in the second temple, but this is one re- other reason why the second temple was so uh, inferior the to the first. The Ark of the Covenant wasn't in there. Mm-hmm. But now you have something that's superior. To what the Ark of the Covenant is a mere type of our Lord himself. So uh, the greater reality now is in that temple. So this is why the second temple is is so great. And this is the first time that our Lord enters it. He's going to come back again. 
he will come back again later. Yeah, this, this is Several the first. And, and when he comes back later, there's almost going to be, especially if you're following it according to St. John's Gospel, sort of an adversarial relation. Well, first ship. he has to come back as a, yeah. as a boy. But, uh, true, 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 true. But, but later, yes, as an adult, you, you get temple versus temple because there's the temple of our Lord's body versus the what the temple comes to represent, and that is namely Jewish perfidy and rejection right. uh, of our Lord. Um, so that's, um, that's where... Uh, I wanted to get in that stuff about uh, the temple. There'd be a little bit more about where, too, I think, because we're within the temple, and we're in a particular place in the temple, this if I remember correctly. the court of the women. Right. Because it's Our Lady a, couldn't have gone in further than that. Right, and there's a specific set of stairs separating the court of the women from the court of the men. And though all up those stairs were said the gradual psalms, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So that the the at least the offering of the firstborn took place at the top of those stairs. So we're in the court of the women. The treasury would be on our right and left and on the sides. And there's this series of steps going up, and then you have this um, the the pillars marking the court of the men. And the ceremony took place, and it would be full of couples with their. Ch- with their firstborn sons, because this was a regular... <laughs> regular thing. Yeah. So, in fact, the, the, the sermon I was reading from St. Vincent Ferrer today, he talks about, um, you know, the, you have all these different classes of people, you know, the, the, you have the poor people and you have the wealthy people. They're all there, you know, and, and who, who's Our Lady going to be found with? She's with the poor. Uh, so there was a, there was, a, there was that. I mean, you get this, there's almost like a waiting room, you know, um, and as I said, before priests would be on call and uh, they'd be at the doing their turns in the sacred ceremonies just waiting for these things to happen um, keep in mind there was one temple it wasn't like you show up to your local parish there was only one temple for all these things to be done so they were busy and just a little note on those gradual psalms these were 15 psalms 